Hey everybody, this is Jarlo at GMB Fitness and welcome to the GMB show. I'm really happy to have Adrienne Harvey on and she is also known as Giria Girl. Hey Adrienne, how are you doing? Doing great. Great to be on here. She is, uh, we have a lot of mutual friends, but again, just the internet and we haven't really met in real life, but I'm real happy to have her on here. So Adrienne does a lot of different things. Senior PCC instructor, you know, that progressive calisthenic certification, uh, senior RKC level two. Is that right? Oh, I'm a, I'm a senior PCC, but I'm just on RKC level two right now. So uh, I hope to one day be a, a, a senior RKC, but I'm not there yet. <laughs> well, doing a lot of the workshops and teaching a lot of different people and then also doing uh, lots of different things for Dragon Door you know, interviews and then. Uh, helping with their technical things and all of these, all of these different activities. You know, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, or especially over the last year. What what have you been working on? Oh gosh, well, over the last year, I've continued doing um, a lot of interviews. Um, again, for my own site, but also I do the interviews for Dragon Door, and that is just so much fun because I get to talk with a lot of very interesting um, and you know varied people from all over the world who have found a particular type of fitness and, you know, how it's working with them and then how they are also, you know, helping other populations often very different than what I've experienced. And so it's great to get, you know, their knowledge and uh, be able to share it. But then also, you know, I'm always getting little tips out of there for my own training. Oh yeah. And that's one of the great things I liked about their interviews and all those stuff over at Dragon Door is that, it's a really open, you know, kind of open source mindset. And there's people with all kinds of different backgrounds, like you were saying, and not just kind of niche. It's not just like a kettlebell thing, right? It's not just like a uh, a thing where you have to just use one implement or even have the same philosophy towards everything. And I think that's really important for everybody. Totally. Well, it's funny, too, because a lot of times you know, people really separate the PCC, the progressive calisthenics from the RKC, the Russian kettlebell. And it's like, well, you know what? We're doing a lot of the same movements and we have a lot of the same philosophy about um, optimal human movement and mobility and things like that. And a lot of times they accomplish the same things. Um, you know, but we may just use an implement or we may not, or as in my own training, I use both and I find mm-hmm. that they're both very compatible and then, you know, one boosts the other, but you know, they're not necessarily required to use both, but they sure are a lot of fun. So. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> a big part of it. I mean, and you know, Al Cavadlo is a great friend of ours. We've had him on the show here and we, you know, we talked to him a lot and how did you get, uh, together with Al for, for the PCC? Well, I was introduced to Al, um, again, through Dragon Door. I had been doing their um, interviews for just a little bit and um, ended up, you know, interviewing Al and kind of getting to know them and uh, just really loved the program. I had purchased Convict Conditioning right after it came out. Mm-hmm. And um, I've used that book so much that I went and had it spiral bound because I had destroyed the binding. <laughs> And uh, there's actually a post about that in encouraging other people to get it spiral bound because you can lay it flat. Um, But, uh, you know, just I had been using that program so much and had gotten so much from it. um, And then, you know, befriended Al and Danny. And uh, somehow all of that led to being at the first ever uh, PCC workshop. And, you know, gosh, it was like 
this is incredibly fun to teach. Yeah, and, awesome. you know, I had, I'd had some um, experience teaching instructors from Primal Move back in the day. And uh, this was just so much more. And to, you know, be there supporting Al and Danny um, with this type of training was just incredibly fun and incredibly cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I think, you know, with convict conditioning and, and Al, especially that was for a lot of people, it's the first introduction to this type of work, you know, the body weight training work and, and beyond, you know, beyond just, you know, you call it calisthenics and everybody has this kind of idea of, you know, junior high PE or like army workouts and all that. And it's actually so much more. And I think Al and Danny bring so much more into it. You know, you talk about fun and you talk about all these things. And that's exactly what I think about when I think about Al and and everything he's doing is it's it's beyond that. You know, he's making he made something that you know it's accessible to everyone. They can do it, you know, at at their scale that they're at, but also in a way that's enjoyable. And I think a lot of people are missing out on that aspect mm-hmm. of training. Well, something that I always like to stress with people is that you know calisthenics has a great opportunity for, for creativity and fun. And you can make, you know, little games with it. I mean, it's just like exploring where you're going. Once you have kind of a basic idea of how to stay safe, there's so much that you can do. And then, of course, you know, the, the progressions for it are endless. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can go into things that, like you've seen Al and Danny, it's like, um, are we sure that gravity is applying to these guys? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> and so that's. It's been a lot of fun to be part of that and also to watch my own progress, you know, go past, um, you know, what I, what I ever thought was, was possible. And I'm still going. So it's, uh, it's really cool. Yeah, Sometimes, one of the best things about that to me is that when you're, when you're working in a, in a medium like this where you can be creative, like you said, and the progressions can be tweaked and, and changed and adjusted, is that you do see progress maybe a little bit more readily. Right, it, it becomes more than uh, picking up a, a heavier weight or or adding a rep or two. It's like, can you move in this way a little bit better, and 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 that sustains progress even more, right? Because you can be you look forward to the next session. You and we we talk a lot about consistency, right? Consistency of effort, and it it almost doesn't matter. Uh, it almost doesn't matter if you're adding a set or a rep every time. But if you if you get into that workout and you do it. You know, there's these other intangibles and even just feeling like, oh, that that felt a little bit better. You know, that, you know, that's. Well, because I remember in the past, like uh, the late 90s and and early 2000s when I was doing, you know, it's very traditional gym workouts. If you went in and you looked at what you did last time on the lat pull down machine, Mm -hmm. shamed even admit that you're like, oh, well, I did three sets of 10 on there, but this time I wasn't able to, to um, take the pen up and do three sets of 10. There was this like very linear expectation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things that I've really enjoyed when um, training others is to help them break free of that linear mindset. And it's a funny, funny thing. So I remember when I was kind of switching from that, those sort of gym workouts to kettlebells. Um, and I was like, what do you mean this? You're, why are you handing me that tiny 
26 pound, 12 <laughs> kilo kettlebell. I can do blah, 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 blah. Right. And all this like, you know, ego lined up in it. But the truth was I was a klutz and just, I was stuck. You know, I was stuck at six pull-ups. I was stuck at, you know, all these other things. And I couldn't get past that. I was doing all kinds of silliness, like putting plates in a um, backpack to try to break through that barrier. And the thing was, it was just I was in this linear mindset. And um, there came a time where I had to just sort of sit down and think, okay, you know what? You can continue on this linear path that you think that you've made all these accomplishments. Or you can forget all of that, start over build the real foundation and do all this stuff in the real world for real, not just in the gym with these silly plate machines that don't exist anywhere outside of the gym. And obviously I think you know what choice I made, but uh, I, I, I struggled with it and it was a lot to let go um, pride wise. Right. right. It was like, Oh, well, you know, I can, I can pull um, my weight down on the lat pull down. Um, or actually a little more. I mean, that is kind of fun. If you put enough plates on there and you grab the thing, you sort of like gently float down right. to the seat. <laughs> but I would probably do that again just for fun. But it, it's it's like, so what? What does that prove? It's not like I can go and do what I do now, which is, oh, hey, there's um, a park on the way to the grocery store. I'm going to pull in there for a second. I'm going to knock out some pull-ups, some push-up variations, some pistols, you know, maybe fly my little silly quadcopter and then repeat everything, you know, and then go along my way and go to the grocery store. You know, that you can't really do that with, you know, just doing these plate based gym machines. And so, you know, it's a it's a nonlinear progression a lot of times with body weight and with kettlebells. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. That's exciting, too, because sometimes it's, uh, you know, leaps and bounds happen when the right neurons connect. Um, and then other times it's just like, I can feel that I've gotten stronger or I'm under more control or, you know, there's all these other ways to progress, as you mentioned. Right, right. And I like what you said about uh, the mindset of it, too. I mean, when you talk about being stuck and, and, and the linear mindset, and, and that's what it is. It's really frustrating and it, it often becomes unsustainable. You know, when you're, when you're in that mindset, I mean, you, you get to a certain point and you're like, you know, with the six reps pull-ups. So you're only ever getting better if you get that seventh pull-up, right? If you're in that mindset, you're like, well, then I never got better. And that's got, you know, that it's got to be frustrating. Not a lot of people are going to be determined enough to, to kind of hold on to that. So then that already is a strike for consistency. Cause if you're, you get in that and then it, you could, easily see why people are just most people when they start out in the in this fitness thing working out that they have these stops and starts that they have this oh um, they feel good for a little bit right and they're they're working out consistently and it's like oh they're like three four weeks into it but then something happens and i think i think you've identified maybe a major part of what happened there they, they have that mindset of well i need to get better at something every time Right. And if that something is a, a weight plate or a one rep or or something else like that, which, as you know, can can't happen, you know, that 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 learning curve can't be that slope just can't keep going up and up and up, you know, to to do that. And like you said, it 
it takes a little bit of courage to to do something different, right? Especially if you haven't been exposed to it. And with body weight and kettlebells, you know, and kettlebells too, because you know you're looking usually at at that fixed weight, right? Whether whether it's the one pood or two pood or whatever. And then people are like, "Well, okay, so that means I have to." be that much stronger to go another 30 pounds i I don't get it right it's it's not as intuitive so it becomes a little bit scarier too i I think i think you would agree with that like oh so what how do i do this right (laughs) right and it's funny too because um like with kettlebells i've got this one client and and she has she has now crossed over from the linear land and it's so fun to watch i mean i just i love you know kind of just putting that idea out there and then watching it happen with people watching them have, you know, the insights where they're like, Oh my gosh, I get it. I understand why you're not impressed when I say that I moved the pen up one. Right. It's like, yeah, <laughs> dude, you know, I, I'm glad you're happy, but you know, there's going to come, come a time when that's just not enough. Um, but you know, she, she made that discovery and, you know, I like to illustrate it as, and yes, you know, I can swing, the quote beast kettlebell, 48 kilo, 106 pounds, AKA what I weighed in high school. Um, I can swing that kettlebell for reps. Um, I have that, that capability, but you know what? There's a 16 kilo kettlebell rattling around in my car sometimes. Um, actually it's buckled in, but you know, I can take that to the park and have an incredible workout too. There's not this, oh, well, I can do this other weight. So, um, all those, you know, I, I'm never going to use the light ones again. And it's like, no, that's that's not really how it works. You know, there's so many variables that you can tweak in order to, you know, work on something meaningful um, with any weight. And uh, I, I love that about both kettlebells and calisthenics, you know, especially when we start talking about progression and regression. And um, you know, I love to you know, slide along that scale within my own workouts. And especially when training others, it's super, super handy. It's like, okay, you know, your form's starting to break down there a little bit. I'll say it more gently than that. But, uh, (laughs) um, you know, hey, let's next set, let's do this version. And, you know, make sure that we, you know, keep our, um, you know, let's say we're talking about a a push-up. You know, it's like, okay, so, you know, you had your feet raised. um, And the first three were awesome. You know, you could kind of feel what was happening on the fourth one, you know, sort of not keeping the body in the straight line. So, you know what, this next round, let's go back, let's put our hands on the floor, let's just do regular, plain Jane, awesome push-ups. And, you know, so you know, that kind of, of scaling within a workout and, and, you know, just kind of moving down, I think it's it's great to be able to have that freedom with um, push-ups and with calisthenics. It's like, you don't even need anything, Um to do that. And the same is true, you know, with kettlebells. If I've got something like super light and that's all I have with me, you know, at that point, I focus so much on form that it can even become a little bit of an isometric or I can spend more time in, you know, different parts of the press. Like, let's say I have a light kettlebell with me and I want to still work on presses. You know, I can really make sure that I'm activating everything. I can crush that handle, I can pause in different places. And uh, very much like with pull-ups, I can pause in different places along the way up and down. And that's something that I love to do. 
And even if I do fewer than six reps, um, in that case, you know, I'm, let's say I hang, I count to 10. I activate my shoulders, I count to 10. I pull up about five or six inches, I count to 10. Mm-hmm. Another and another and another, you know, and it's like all these pauses along the way, making sure that I own every bit of that path. Even if I end up doing only two to three, quote, full pull-ups. Right, right. Think about all the work that I've done. Right. Yeah, I love that. I love that because you've already changed how, you know, you and how your client feels about about progression. So it becomes more than numbers. And and that's just so important. Uh, We talk a lot about, you know, progressions and and regressions and levels, like in, in, say, bodyweight skills. But... But really, it's it's not that. It's it's just variations, right? What is uh, the, that, that particular variation that's appropriate for you? Not just like at your physical level, but even within the workout itself. And the, and the things that you're describing, like, okay, you can do pull-ups, but how is your pull-up like in that top three-quarter position, right? Or in that dead hang, right? And then you can figure these things out. And, and that's my favorite thing is like, you know, I, I love lifting weights and I love doing all of the kind of barbell stuff because that's how I grew up. I was like, you know, I did martial arts, I did, I lifted weights, I stretched, I did all these things, and I still love it. And I, you know, I'll, I'll squat every day. But at the same time, yeah, I remember that mindset. Like, oh, I'll just get two and a half pounds, right? I'll feel so much better, right? If you can do that. But then after a while, you you realize you you work out and you're like, you know, that I can't keep doing that. I, Logically, if I did that, then I'd be squatting a thousand pounds, but that's not going to happen when you only weigh 160 pounds, right? Right, right. <laughs> but if I can focus on, okay, I'm going to, at the, in this front squat, I'm going to hold it here, right? I'm going to hold, hold this here. I'm going to get no bounce. I'm going to do all these things. And you think about it in that way. And then, oh man, I love it. You know, I don't really do a lot of the kettlebell stuff just because I haven't, you know, never went through it, but I like what you said right there. I mean, oh, that makes so much sense. You're, it's not even just breaking it down. You're just thinking, you know, where you're having a little bit more thought about your workouts. And you're just not going to have that if you're just putting that pin a little bit more down the, the plate stack and then just looking around while you're pulling that bar down. There's, you know, and that's so much better for you, I think, mentally and even getting into these, into the training because you're, you're thinking about it and you're giving your client or you're giving yourself a chance to, to be creative and, and thoughtful about the training. Right. Well, going back a little bit to what you'd said earlier, I love this, you know, every, who doesn't love Dan John, but the quote from him was, well, everything works for about six weeks. And, you know, yeah, okay, you can, you can do this linear thing for about that long, but, you know, you're going to have to mix it up at some point because, like you said, you're not gonna, otherwise you'd be, what, squatting a 1,000 pounds at, at 160? Right, That's, exactly. You know, okay, did <laughs> gravity change? I, I, I don't know. Um, you know, so it's like something something has to happen, either, you know, some sort of uh, wavy um, approach to the load or or whatnot. And that, that can sometimes be a hard realization for people. And then also, you know, when people get to more elite levels, realize, like, uh, if we think about Olympians, um, they work very hard to just shave a fraction of a second off of a race time or, you know, adding, adding two pounds or adding a kilo to uh, an Olympic lift for an Olympian. I mean, that is going to take 
amazing time and effort because they are just that far along and we're just, you know, we're splitting hairs at that point. And um, I think, you know, sometimes with our advanced calisthenics, it, it can feel the same way. It's like, you know, you fight and fight and fight and fight to get your feet just a little bit higher right, on right. that one move. And or, it's so hard to measure. Yeah, that's one oh, of the yeah. difficult things. So what, what are your strategies for that, you know, when you're working with clients or even with yourself and, and you know you're going to hit some of these plateaus? Yeah, I mean, it's just it's, it's inevitable. Like how do you keep that frustration level lower and how do you, you kind of keep their motivation towards, towards keeping on working? Um, the main thing is to keep it fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, uh, you know, a lot of people will disagree with me, but I, I love, um, you know, a little bit of variety. It's like, all right, you know, the troubleshooting aspect of a lot of this training, both with kettlebells and also really it's super, super fun with calisthenics is to figure out, okay, well, you know, why aren't we progressing? Where is the, um, where's the bottleneck or bottlenecks? You know, where's the sticking point? And then finding a, um, maybe an auxiliary exercise to add in to help strengthen that sticking point. And so by adding in that little variety or even creating a special drill just for the situation not only will that you know help motivation but it's like oh hey i've got this special neat thing that's just for me and for a client that's huge and you know i love making up stuff for myself too so i can only imagine hey this is this is this is your drill you can name this you know if you want to (laughs) try to be polite with the name but you know (laughs) and so i think adding that kind of um having a troubleshooting attitude with it and a, hey this is a puzzle we need to, need to figure out is um a lot easier for people to deal with than oh oh no i'm stuck right right it's like well no we just we need to figure out this little part of the labyrinth that's mm-hmm. all and you've given them a kind of ownership to it too right when when you right so yeah so it's uh, it's fun and uh you know and keeping it fun and having the attitude that this is fun um, you know, even if it's just a look on your face, sometimes that can be all that's necessary. Um, the funny thing I've noticed, um, this was a few years ago. Um, I had a fairly large, it sounds funny, fairly large, small group, um, from kettlebells. And we had somebody that had gotten into a habit of being a little bit whiny about stuff. And the rest of us were just puzzled. We're like, we're thrilled that we have the opportunity to get out here in nature and throw these kettlebells around and do challenges. And what are you, what are you complaining about again? And so I was like, all right, you're a scientist. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to have an, a science experiment. This session, all right, for science, this has nothing to do with anything else for science. I want you to just try the workout without complaining about anything. And then let me know perceived level of exertion afterwards and sure enough you know prs left and right and hey this was easy this was fun i'm like there you go why don't we try this experiment again next week you know wink wink and uh sure enough uh you know it's uh it it helped and that habit was broken um i've even found people will make noises out of habit with lifts that or or exercises that shouldn't really be taxing them and they don't know they're doing it and you're like hey 
let's see if we can do this one without making any noise. And sure enough, you know, they nail it and, you know, break through uh, something that's been frustrating for a while. Yeah, I, I, love, I love that because it, it seems sometimes that, you know, there are some plateaus and some expectations are just habits, right? You you do something long enough and then you just, you don't realize it. And so that that's hilarious. That's so funny. Yeah, it's, it is funny because uh, it's like, okay, hey, you don't need to work up that much drama to do this move. You've got this. <laughs> And it's like, oh, 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 you're right. I'm like, yeah, save that for when we go and pick up 300 pounds. You can make that noise all you want then. <laughs> oh, man. And I think that's so, that's so important. That's why it's so important to have someone kind of look into what you're doing. And maybe you don't need like a, a personal coach every time. But, you know, you got you got to have someone you can kind of check in with and, and, and kind of observe what you're doing. Because it's so easy. You know, especially we've been doing this a long time. It's so easy for you to just go, oh, Wait, and then and someone else can come in and like, well, no, what are you talking about? Look at this and look at that, and you're right. like, oh man, that's great. <laughs> I had no idea my elbow was doing that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like to use my um, my phone and my video um, video camera on my phone a lot uh, to just sort of see because you know, I'm working on handstands right now, freestanding, and that is a huge challenge for me, which is super annoying on one level uh, because I can't out muscle it. Right. I can't just. Right. You know, and I'll get into a handstand and I'm, I feel like I'm up there for a million billion years and I've got <laughs> it on video and I go back and watch the video and it's like, oh, <laughs> split second, you know, but it's like, okay, well, well, then where did it fail first? Where, you know, how can I fix this next time? But, uh, you know, it's good to have that reality of the, um, the, uh, the video um, whether or not I choose to put it on Instagram. I, I actually like <laughs> to put videos of, of, you know, random failures on Instagram. No, that's I think, good. You know, people, people put a lot of polished things up there right. and it's like, you know, that's great, but put the other stuff too. Cause it's, it's good for people to see that, you know, Hey, this took a lot of work. It's not just like you're going to pop up into this and hang out for 10 minutes. Oh, you know, it's a long path. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, um, I had uh, Mark Chang on on the show a couple of weeks oh, yeah. ago, a few weeks ago, and we talked about that too because uh, you know he always posts everything, right? Whether it's super good or if it's super frustrating, and, and we talked about that. And I think he said, you know, it's good. People need to see that. People need to see that because it's real, and and you can't just pre- present like this polished, one hundred percent perfect, you know, social media campaign because that's just inauthentic, right? Honestly, it's going to get boring. Right. Uh, That's true. You know, it's like, oh, well, you know, why don't we just start taking some little Barbie dolls and positioning them and taking pictures of that? You know, it's like, huh? You know, that's just as good, right? It becomes the same thing. (laughs) Right? A little Photoshop, a little blur, a little, you know, a little pinch. And, uh, yeah, it's just like, well, okay, well, where where is this continuum going here, people? (laughs) Besides, everybody loves a good blooper video. I mean... (laughs) Come on. <laughs> yeah, it's real. It makes sense. Right. We're all human. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like, uh, you know, the big theme about all of this and like how to keep people consistent and working and, and, and doing, uh, you know, during the workouts or even just, you know, choosing something for themselves is it's definitely that fun and enjoyable aspect. And I like what you said, you know, kind of taking a little bit of ownership of your attitude and your approach to things. You know, that's a big part of keeping all of this sustainable. And another thing too, I was wondering about, 
you've uh, had the chance to interview with all these people, you know, both for your podcast and for for Dragon Door. What are some of the the commonalities you've seen across the board from from all of these different types of uh, trainers and and teachers and instructors? Uh, what would you say some of the the most common points that kind of leaped out at you? Um, well, I've noticed, especially lately, that there's been a real, um, I don't want to say focus, but a lot of insights people have been getting from training um, non-typical fitness populations, um, people with health challenges or, you know, maybe in different age groups than we would necessarily associate with, quote, fitness. And they've, you know, been working with a lot of these, uh, you know, special populations, for lack of a better term. And through that work have gained insights in their training that have worked with pretty much everyone. So like a recent uh, interview I did, um, this guy was working with people who had cystic fibrosis and he ended up finding out that a lot of the things that were working with them worked fantastically with professional baseball players as well. And the, the two groups, though they had different challenges, were benefiting from the same type of mindful training. Um, and I've seen that across with different coaches and different health challenges. And it's, uh, you know, it's like, don't, don't just go out there thinking that you're going to train pro athletes for a living. That's not, right. There's not a lot of those out there. Right. Um, you're going to get the same level of challenge, if not more challenge by working with general populations and, you know, finding um, like a, a community of people who's just not really being served by mainstream fitness. And there's such an opportunity to change lives um, out there. There's such an opportunity to connect with others and just to really kind of make a meaningful mark on, on um, the fitness industry and also, you know, just enhancing your life and, and others. There's just, there's so much rewarding stuff out there. And um, I've found that um, just, you know, working with people locally, a lot of us, you know, we're not a big fan of the, you know, the quote Globo Gym um, atmosphere. And, uh, you know, just for fun, I, I, I'm not going to name the company. I, I was like, gosh, you know, it's really hot here in Florida. Maybe I'll just get a, a gym membership for the heck of it. And they've got air conditioning. Right. <laughs> you know, it's not like, uh, you know, I'm going to. Yeah, open my own giant gym and start paying electric over the summer, which would just be <laughs> murder without having a lot of clients right on day one. Um, so I decided, okay. And I started thinking about the reality of actually going there. And let's face it, you know, I'm pretty fit. You know, mm -hmm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm very confident. And all of a sudden I realized I was like, oh, oh no. Oh my gosh, they're going to be playing terrible music. There's going to be people there. They're going to just be all weird, and and, the, and people are going to ask me what I'm doing, and I don't mind that. But you know, ah, oh. and so I thought, you know, hey, you know what? If I've got anxiety about going to a quote gym setting, if I do, right? What's going on with somebody who's got you know a few extra pounds, mm -hmm. or, or worse, you know, if they're just really trying to come back from um, you know morbid obesity, or if they have any kind of you know health concern, or you know injury, or you know, there's just there's a lot to to deal with there. Now, granted, I will totally go to anybody's warehouse, uh, garage, that kind of gym. I feel comfortable with 
that situation. But I can totally empathize with, you know, people that are, you know, just outside of what we typically think of as the, the mainstream fitness population. Exactly. And exactly. Um, there's a huge opportunity for a lot of us in the fitness industry to reach out and to help a lot of people. And then, you know, it, it's just, it's so rewarding. And then the insights that you gain from training people that are a little different or who have different challenges can benefit everyone that you train. Right, right. So. And I think uh, right with what you just said and, um, you know, the term special populations and things like that, you know, that's in, in fitness and in healthcare and, and things like that. But really, if you if you think about it, from what you just said, that's the majority, actually. That's the majority of people. There's not a lot of pro athletes out in our audience. There's some, actually, we know there's a few. But the most of us here, and I include myself in that, are just training to support, you know, their health and their lifestyle and, and the things that we want to do as priorities. Like, uh, like I'm doing more of a running program now I, because my cardio was crap, right? I went from, and now I'm going to talk about this later with some different people, but I went from pretty crappy, like the numbers were crap, and now I'm decent. But that took me about eight months, right? I, that by, I, I just let it go because I was like, oh, I don't like that. So I'm just going to do the things I'm good at, right? I'll stretch, I'll lift, I'll, <laughs> I'll do the body weight movements. But you, you, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, Everyone out there is, is, has their own things to deal with, right? They have their own work. They have their own responsibilities and, and, you know, training like the four or five hours a day. And, and you know, we talk about Facebook and Instagram. If you, if you just kind of look at that, then you, your, your, your view of everyone is skewed. You know, everyone is like, we think that, oh, the regular person is going to be like 10% body fat and is, you know, running five miles and you know, they're hoisting these kettlebells left and right. But that's just actually not the case at all, right? And, and for us, and again, I include me. And then I, I know uh, I was talking with Kirsty the other day and she's saying, you know, Adrian does a lot of other different things too. You know, we should talk to her about that. And, and that makes sense because we're like, you know, we're not just fitness people you know we're not just working out people and some people are and that's great but i, I wanted to you know and that's I, I like when you brought this up about you know people that maybe are a little hesitant to go into the to these big gyms or even hesitant to do training at all because they feel right. like they don't fit this mold well, and there's, there's a lot, I think, tied up with identity and personal identity. And one of the things that I feel is important, and I know, I've been actually criticized for this before, is, um, you know, I post a lot of different things on Instagram. You'll see uh, 3D printing. You'll see yeah. little, like, quadcopters and drones. I and, think it's awesome. You know, personal interest. And I this was after talking to somebody who's like, oh, well, I thought if, you know, to be fit, I was going to have to give up everything else that I do and everything else that I am and, you know, shove myself into this mold of, oh, I'm a fitness person now. And it's like, no, you don't, you don't have to pigeonhole yourself like that. That's, uh, that's terrible, man. Yeah. They shouldn't but be thinking that. A lot of people think that because they go online and people have, you know, just, oh, well, I'm just going to use this account only for fitness things. And there's so much, 
you know, content on there, it's like, well, shoot, I don't even know when these people are sleeping. I think they're doing uh, just push-ups 24-7, 365. (laughs) And I'm sure there's someone out there doing that. But the, the main thing is you can still be you and do everything that you do and do it better. While, while becoming fit. And I, before we started the interview, I was, you know, joking, you know, I love to do things like slacklining. And I think that's a wonderful recovery activity and a, a great way to empathize with others who are just learning a skill that seems impossible. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, I, when I first started that, I, a friend taught me and after the first couple of tries, I had this thought, which I know has happened in many different clients' minds for a split second, too, is, oh, no, I've made a terrible mistake. Right. <laughs> I'm wasting everyone's time. I've wasted this person's time. I feel awful. Oh, I should have never come out here. And of course, that went away right. very quickly. Dude, that's but, so important. You know, yeah. even just saying that is so important. So right. important. Yeah, I like that because you, you go and, you, and you're – if you're on that slack line, I've tried that too. And yeah, it's, it's impossible. <laughs> it's like, how is anybody of, able to do this? <laughs> yeah. But then you know what? Those little neurons, they start to connect and then you take, you know, you get to stand on one foot and then you get to take a step and it's amazing. And then you take another step. But, you know, going back to the main, the main thing was like, uh, you know, you don't have to give up being you in order to you know be a little healthier to add some fitness in there. And a lot of times, you know, my own training, um, you know, it's, it's not as formal as most people's. Uh, I am just kind of grabbing sets here and there sometimes, or maybe I'll write up, um, you know, some kind of fun little challenge. I accidentally did uh, 40 pull-ups and 200 kettlebell swings and I forget what else uh, the other night, just because I was testing out. I'm like, oh, I want to test out one of these little, I haven't done an every minute on the minute workout in a while. And so it was like, okay, you know, two pull-ups, five tuck-ups, and 10 kettlebell swings with whatever. I had like a weird size. Um, actually, I really like this size. It's a 22-kilo uh, Dragon Door kettlebell. And so, you know, 10 swings with that. And then, you know, hang on to the wall until, uh, you know, the minute's up and then do it again. So I did that for, you know, 20 minutes. And that was a fun challenge. And then I did the numbers at the end. I was like, oh, cool yeah you tricked yourself into doing these (laughs) yeah i was like oh that was fun but it was like you know it's more of a game um i don't go to the gym for three hours Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. i I don't have that kind of time um and you know neither do most people and uh, it's like you know just work things in throughout the day you know where's where's a challenge that uh that i can accomplish you know just as part of my errands or as part of, you know, you know, I use slack line to kind of, you know, if I'm trying to solve problems and I just kind of keep, you know, keep hitting a wall, even with like a, an IT or HTML kind of issue, how do I solve this, this problem or this algorithm? And if I really hit a wall with it, okay, out comes the slack line or out comes the little quadcopter and I go outside and I just kind of do that for, you know, half an hour and I find that I come back, mind is cleared do a little workout maybe in the process, and then the problems end up solving themselves. Um, but it's not like I have to set everything down and go be a fitness person and then come back. And uh, it's, uh, you know, it's not compartmentalized. That's the word I've been trying to say here. You know, I feel like with social media, a lot of times people 
get compartmentalized, as in categorized. And we're all much more complicated than that. Everyone's life is a lot more complicated depending on, you know, their job and family obligations. And going back to one other thing, um, you were talking about, you know, with um, people in their work and and a lot of sitting down and whatnot. Uh, From an early interview uh, with Andrea Duquesne back in the day, she said something that I, I loved. She's like, don't live in the posture of your sport. And I would like to expand that. Don't live in the posture of your sport or your job. So like, for instance, with um, one of my clients, she's a very avid runner. And we work on, you know, workouts that support her running that help her kind of fill in the strength gaps of what she's doing when she goes and does, you know, what sounds to me like an insane amount of miles a weekend. And, um, you know, but she doesn't want to live in you know, that kind of posture. We don't want to live in the posture that we are in at our desks. And it's, uh, you know, it's like, oh, all right, well, what can I do in my workout to either support, counteract some of these things? And uh, that can be a real motivator, too. It's not just, you know, we're constantly faced with the, you know, aesthetic ideals of training. And for a lot of us, that's just not enough. It's like, you know what, I'm, I'm already okay with how I look. I, I, don't, I don't need to split hairs to that level. But I would love to be able to do this move or this move or, you know, you know pick up a bunch of heavy stuff and carry it around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think putting that voice out there can be very motivating for more people than, than most might think. So. Oh yeah, I think uh, switching your your mindset over to a little bit of a of a movement right and performance way of thinking is is freeing. You know, I love that with the don't be in the posture of, of your sport or your work, and and that gives us a chance in our training to to break free from our limitations, right? So training now is is something that we do not to just get better, like whatever better means to you, but also as a way of just of freedom, of freeing yourself from, from um, the normal things. I love that. Right. Yeah, because like her example, Andrea Duquesne's example was um, golf. And if you think about it, you know, you're, you're not going to drive with one hand, you know, with, with one hand dominant and then the next hole switch to the other hand. It's a one-sided sport. So, you know, do you want to live your life one-sided? That's just going to cause a multitude of problems. And uh, so it's like, okay, well, how do we, you know, strengthen the whole body to, again, counteract that, but also to support that. And um, I don't know, it's a, it's a fascinating concept. And I think that can also help keep people motivated far beyond oh, absolutely. the aesthetic goal absolutely you know there's a lot of talk about focus right focus and you got to do this and if you have your goal you know you have to you have to put these kind of blinders on and just kind of get going on that but and that of course is important you have to have that and and just like with the dan johns thing you know you can go back and talk about him and his park bench and his bus bench stuff i read everything he writes and i just love it and that makes sense because you 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 have this particular period of time and if you can do that go. You should do it, right? You should do it, but then you should also realize you're not going to be able to do that year, year round. You just can't. You're going to, you're going to run yourself into the ground and you get injured and you'll certainly get unmotivated. 
I mean, there's just no way you can do what's meant to be a, a four week program for, you know, for 50 weeks. So yeah, I love that. I mean, fitness and especially for us here at GMB, it's always supportive. Always, it should always be supportive of, of what you're trying to do. Cause, you know, we're not professional athletes. You know, we're not, um, we're not working out, you know, every second of the day. We have work responsibilities and we have other interests. Man, it's so it's it's more than okay to have other interests. It's crazy yes. to even have to say to even have to say that. I think. But I think it's, <laughs> yeah, I know it is crazy. But I think it's important to also say it, um, you know, because it's like, you know, the, the greatest thing though is all of this, you know, being fit, being physically able in more and more ways supports so many things. Like, you know, musicians, um, if you're on a stage. It, you know, it's um, you're being on stage and in front of people, uh, whether or not you're singing or whatnot, your use of oxygen is going to be different. It's going to be like you're running, uh, even though you're, you might be standing still or, or even just kind of you know jumping around a little bit. Um, you know, if you have better oxygen oxygen utilization, if your you know cardio is up there, you're going to do so much better. And uh, it's you know that's just one example. And, uh, you know, we were joking around before the podcast where, you know, I've been having fun flying this silly little quadcopter. It's like, well, okay, if I get it stuck in a tree, I've got a better chance of being able to climb up to the tree to get the little thing down. Right. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely supportive of your interest. Mm-hmm. Be able to get your thing, get your quadcopter yeah, out of a tree. Yeah, it's a silly example, but it's, a, it's one I think that we can. Uh, we can make a program out of that. We need to make a pull-up program. For uh, people that own drones. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, I did do this one thing where I was like, okay, well, if I crashed it on the other side of this brick wall, can I get up and over it? Yes, I can. Okay. Parkour can for drone owners. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, we have to end this because it's already very long, I think. <laughs> but I loved it. I, and uh, Thanks so much for, for coming on. Oh, one thing I want to say is... Uh, what, your main thing that's coming up is that Dragon Door Strength and Health Conference. Is that correct? There's a couple of different things coming up. Um, first off, uh, let's see. I think I'm trying to remember your your posting schedule. Um, I'm teaching a one day strength calisthenics certification through Dragon Door um, this coming weekend. So I think that's going to be two. Uh, uh, but um, then we've got a PCC up in New York the following weekend, which I think is also going to happen after this goes live. But we have a health and strength conference coming up in August, uh, August 20th and 21st in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And that is going to feature a ton of the Dragon Door authors and personalities and people that you, you know, probably already heard of. Um, they're going to be special presentations um, across those two days. A lot of the stuff is unpublished, um, you know, very, very specific, very actionable and useful stuff. And you'll be able to ask questions and just really kind of get involved on a nuts and bolts level. And the one that we had last year was um, the first ever, and it was fantastic. Yeah, I've heard this good one, things about that. Definitely. Yeah, that was it was so cool. And, and, you know, try to get there early enough the day before, because last year we ended up like this crazy group of, of people ended up going out and getting some food together. And some of the conversations there were just like totally priceless. I'm like, why am I not recording this? Oh, this that's awesome. is so amazing. That's awesome. 
Well, I'm so, going to put all of these things in your site, Gear Your Girl, and, and your podcasting and all. I'm going to put these in the show notes and our links. And then everybody, if you have any questions or uh, anything, comments you want to relay over to Adrian or even to us, just shoot us an email, info at gmb.io. Uh, thanks so much for, for being with us today, Adrian. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm, I hope we get to talk again soon. Yeah, me too. Okay, everybody else, thanks so much. For more great info, join us over at gmb.io. And be sure to check us out on iTunes and YouTube.